All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Drop in the Gloves. How did you like that intro, Tim? A little scary, a little startling. A little startling. It's it's a good night. It's 7 p.m., 7:20 actually. The kids are asleep. Well, three of them are. And I am I am happy. I am happy as a clam. So I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're as happy as I am. Because I'm usually pretty happy. You know what I mean, Tim? What's got you so happy tonight? I don't know. We just had a good day. It was a good night yesterday, and I, the kids are in bed. I don't know. It's just going to be not my wife's going to come home soon. We're going to have a cocktail and relax. Maybe play a game of cards. It'll be fun. You're probably not going to play cards, but have a cocktail and relax a little bit. It's good. It's very, very good. We had a first first night of hockey, a full slate of games. I don't know. It was just a very nice night. I'm just in a good mood. Why be sad, Tim? Honestly, why be sad? Life's Are too gonna, short. Life's too short. So should we recap the games or do you have anything to talk about, Timbo? Uh, there's a couple of big news things. I mean, obviously hockey started last night. I don't think there are any major, major headlines coming out of it. Uh, some good hockey. Um, but you had a couple of observations watching the, the games, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, here's my first observation. Did you catch anything or any highlights or anything like that? Yep. Yep. Here's, here's the deal. I think when they had the bubble last year, they put a lot of effort into the graphics, into the backgrounds, into the stands to try to make it really pleasing aesthetically it looks empty and it's very glaring to me when they're playing their game and it's distracting a little bit where the players are going up and on the ice all you see is empty seats and it's distracting they, they try to pipe in sounds after a goal it's a boo or a cheer eh, if they score it's 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 it bothers me doesn't it bother you a little bit a little, but I think it translates. Hockey translates better to playing without the fans compared to the other sports. Like, yeah, I agree. It's less apparent, and it's still high energy. And I don't know. You're not. You don't. You're not too far out when you're watching on TV that you see all the empty stands as much as you do as in other sports. I think. Yeah, I just man, they did such a great job in that bubble and all the graphics and the big screens they had for the replays and everything. And I just some of the rinks are better than others. But some of the rinks are just like, man, like that Tampa Bay game, it was depressing. Like you could hear a pin drop during the game. I was just like, whoa, is this like they need to do something to kind of spice it up because the ratings are going to be low as it is. Like that's a given. And if you can't do something to kind of keep the fans interest during those lulls in the game, 
it's going to really struggle. And I, and I, I could see the ratings drop even, even more. So that was one of the first things that stuck out, stood out to me. I was like, man, I don't know how, how you guys felt about it, but it was just, I was like, man, we're still doing this pandemic thing. Like I would love to see fans on the boards going nuts. I would love to see just fans at the game. Like it's supposed to be in this enjoying hockey because be at the first game, I thought there would be a struggle, a little, you know, hiccup, some mistakes. Maybe the speed wouldn't be there. The Christmas crispness it was pretty good hockey. Yeah. You know, all in all, I, I didn't notice that much rust on a lot of guys. You know, a few goalies struggled a little bit, rightfully so. It's it's hard to pick up game speed right away. But for the most part, I thought it was really good hockey up and down. For most teams, uh, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on some teams who they struggled. And it was it was very noticeable how they struggled. Well, it's a high scoring game too, which is probably uh, indicative of guys just not being at their best, and especially goalies, not the defense. A lot of scoring. I mean, look at the games last night. It was six to three, five to four, five to one, five to three, four to one. A lot of high scoring games, and I bet we'll continue that continue or at least for the first week or two, right? Yeah, I would say if not longer. I I, I think. Every team averaged four goals, which is unheard of in hockey. Usually you average two to three goals. So getting getting four goals per team over six games, that's a big deal. Or five games, excuse me, that's a big deal for the NHL. And I, I think it'll continue. I really do. I think if you look at the trend last year, I think they averaged three-point-something goals a game, which was up from the year prior. And it's only going to keep going. The goalies are struggling to keep up with the play just because of the layoffs, this and that, blah, blah, blah. They're going to be playing back-to-backs. There's a lot of games crammed in. It's just tougher on the goalies. So I see this continuing. And the defense is just atrocious. That's the one thing I noticed. And it's not just one team. It's not just one deep pairing. Across the board, you're just seeing lapses defensively left and right. And it just it makes me scratch my head and wonder if we're going too heavy on this offensive run and gun up and down the ice where you're just really, really, really like just terrible at defense. And I know people don't want to see the New Jersey Devils circa 2000 where they're winning games one nothing at the end of the year. Their goal differential is like 16, but they're in the Stanley Cup finals because they just grind out wins. But at some point you have to play defense. At some point, you have to buckle down and know how to, you know, take a two-on-one or a three-on-two or a two-on-two for heaven's sakes. So, I don't know. That was very glaring to me where it's just, it's obvious that these defensemen who are shutdown guys, who are guys who are known for the defensive prowess, they just don't know what they're doing. So, anyways, that's what I noticed. You had some news, too, about, uh, what was it, Frank Saravelli, you said? Yeah. It's something funny. Keith Yandel, um, who has Speaking been... Speaking of defensemen, yeah. Yeah, several-time all-star defenseman, big-point guy, um, apparently has, quote-unquote, fallen out of favor with the um, with the Panthers. So basically his tweet said that they has fallen out of favor. He, they will not factor him into their plans this season, which is kind of crazy given how talented he is. He's a leader. He puts up some serious points. Even last year in 59 games, he had... Uh, sorry, 69 games, he had 45 points. The year before that, in a full season, he had 62, 56. Like, this is a, a big, big power play specialist. He's just lining up the apples left and right throughout the year. So I'm curious, like, one, and I, he's got a little bit of a reputation. I'd be curious to know what you think. Is he a um, is he a defensive liability? Is someone you can't trust? Is he a power play specialist forward? He's basically a forward back there. Or is he underrated in terms of his defensive ability? Well, 
when you think of Keith Yandel, you think of offense. You, you don't necessarily think of a defensive specialist, but I, I would not call him a liability. I think he, he takes his chances, but I don't think he takes his chances recklessly. And he obviously isn't going to, you know, win the Norris any day, but if you're putting up 50 plus points consistently as a defenseman throughout your career, you're expected to take chances and you're expected to get, you know, burned sometimes. And it just comes with the territory. But no, I, I don't think he's a liability. I think you can look around the league and compare him to some pretty high-end defensemen who are just as talented and people never think of them as defensive liability. I, I think of a guy like Oliver ekman Larson, where people are just like, oh, he's an all-around good defenseman. He's offensively gifted. But no one ever talks about his, his defensive you know, zone coverage and this and that. I, I think Keith Yandel's, you know, a poor man's Oliver ekman Larson, And he probably gets more points than Oliver ekman Larson. So I, I just think he's gotten a bad rap over the years. He is a little bit outspoken. He is a little bit eccentric in what he does. And he, he can come off as a little bit jokey where he's not taking things serious because he likes to have fun. And I think he's a good defenseman. T- to lose him at this point in the season, it, it's tough for, for uh, the Florida Panthers now. So, like, what, what makes someone fall out of favor like that? I and mean, why did it happen now? Did he come back out of shape maybe? Or did he say some stupid thing that was like a final straw or whatever, have an attitude? What do you think happened there? Well, that's the million-dollar question. I, I don't know. That, that's a very strange comment from Cerebelli saying he's fallen out of favor. What does that mean? It's, a, it's hard to fall out of favor with the Florida Panthers because they give their guys a lot of rope. <laughs> yeah. Like Joel Quinville is a player's coach. They, they let their guys you know kind of do whatever they want. They run the team a little bit. Q is, is like that, where he'll give you guys a lot of rope as long as you're performing. So I think you nailed it on the head. It, it could be you came to camp out of shape. I think he was expecting maybe a bigger role and he got into camp and it just, the writing was on the wall where maybe I'm not on the first power play unit. Maybe I'm not on the second power play unit. Maybe they're not utilizing me like I want them to. Maybe my partner's not good. I'm going to be playing three on the third D pair. Those things for a veteran guy, they don't like it. He's expecting to have a role in this team and maybe he didn't have it. And he saw the writing on a wall and he was, instead of, you know, sucking it up and being a good pro, maybe he got a little whiny. You know, he, he started to pout a little bit and it translated to off ice. It translated to the meetings. It translated, maybe he's complaining to the other guys on the team, you know, and stuff gets to the coach. It gets to the GM and finally they're just said, you know what? Like, it's not worth our time. Maybe, maybe we're going to sit you this one out. And so who knows? I don't know what he makes. I know he's still a serviceable defenseman and defensemen like that are hard to come by in this league. You want guys to lead the rush. You want guys to get the puck out of your zone, get the puck on the forwards tape in stride and then jump up in the rush, and Yandel can do that. So there's definitely a market for Keith Yandel, especially in this league. Well, he, yeah, he was wearing the A too, which is interesting. And he got about, his cap hits over $6 million, So I'm sure that's factors into it. But I guess when he falls out of favor, do you think that's something that like, is, the, is, is Q making that decision? Is the GM making that decision? Is, is it a group thing? How does that actually come down usually? I would imagine that there was a group of players on the Panthers who went to Q and say, hey, listen, this guy's, he's starting to make some, some noise in the room and it's affecting us. And you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to affect, especially the young guys they have. You want to be a team. You want to be positive. You want to, you know, go into this season, you know, feeling confident about your game and the team and we're going to win and this and that. If you've got a guy complaining and moaning and bitching and be like, ugh. I want to play first line and this and that it, it rubs off on any, everybody. And, you know, it, it trickles, it trickles down. So it's, it's just one of those things. And if he's your assistant captain, you, you can't have that. 
you definitely cannot have that in a leadership role to have that kind of attitude. If, if this is what we're talking about, who knows, it could be something completely, you know, a hundred miles away from what we're talking about, but it's, it kind of sounds like that to me because I don't see him coming into camp in bad shape and them saying this statement. So who knows? I I think we'll, we'll find out, you know, once this all shakes out, that's the good thing about Yandel. If he does get traded, he's not, he's going to air his laundry. He's going to let us know what's going on. So he's got three years left at uh, six and a quarter, basically, um, which is not not cheap at all. He's 34, but he puts up points. I wonder if the Bruins will take a look at him. That would be too smart. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, he's from Boston, too. That would People would burn down Boston if they brought Yandel in for 6.2. What does Krug make? Yeah, I don't know. They'd burn the city down. Krug, Krug makes 6.7, I think. So if, if you bring in Yandel for that much money, when you could have brought in Krug for the same amount, it would be awesome. But well, it'll never happen. What if they retain some salary? Well, that's a different case. Then that, that's a whole like different ballgame. Fans, the fans won't care. They're going to see the salary, and they're going to yeah. lose their marbles. He's making 6.25. Ah, oh. Dunkin' Donuts. Dude, you should hear the radio calls in Boston. It's just awful. Listening to sports radio, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I just stopped on my way to Starbucks. I think the Bruins need to trade Chara. Get rid of him. He's a bum. It's awful. Tuca stinks. Get rid of Tuca. I don't care. Put anyone back there. It's awful. It's one of the only cities where if you try to do a Boston accent and then make fun of them, it's exactly how they sound, and it's it's exactly how they act. Uh, You know what I mean? Because it's just Boston. That's how they are. They're 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 always angry, even though they won like a hundred championships in the last ten <laughs> yeah. years, and they're never satisfied. You know what I mean? I think I, I think I've told this story before, but I remember when uh, Sean Thornton was being interviewed when he signed like uh, back in two thousand eight with the Bruins, and he remembered like driving around Boston, listening to sports radio, and the Red Sox had just won the World Series in two thousand seven. And the next morning, he was listening to sports radio, and everyone was calling in. One guy was calling in, complaining about Julio Lugo's contract, and he's a bum. But the day after they won the World Series, and he's like, "Wow, this is what I have. This is the, what the city's like, basically. Just, yeah. it's just crazy. There's no, there's no rest for the wicked. They're just a, a, a city who likes to complain, and that's them. It's endearing. You know, you know who sweet. else likes to complain though? Who? Another, another city, Toronto. Oh boy, they won last night, so. I did see some early panic in hockey Twitter when they were down a couple of goals in the beginning. Josh Anderson, by the way, flying up and down the ice, two goals, throwing some big body checks. He's a good deal for them, but they did win. Did you see the jumbo start on that first line after all? He started on the first line with Matthews and Marner, just like they had done all camp. Did he finish on that line though? He did not. He did not. So I think they had their test, you know, they got it out of their system it was, it was good for Jumbo. It was good for the fans. It was a now, you know, a nice, nice kind of media thing. It's it's done. That experiment is over. Hyman was on the line by the end of the game. They need a guy who can go get the puck. That's exactly who's going to be the guy. First guy. We talked about this two podcasts ago. I don't want to get into it again. It 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 looks good on paper. You know, it, it makes sense. It's like wow, Jumbo can really hold on to the puck. His metrics are unbelievable. He just he's a puck control juggernaut. Oh, wow, Matthews is going to be great. Martin, what happens when the puck goes in the corner? Who's going to go get the puck? You think Marner's going to go get the puck? You think Jumbo's going to be the first guy in? 
You think Matthews as a centerman is going to – the centerman doesn't forecheck. He's always the last guy to the zone in the defensive zone. It just didn't work. You know, I it was a great idea by Keith. You know, a lot of sentimental value. Local kid, put him on. He's a kid. He's like 42, 43 years old. So, But anyways, to the game. Boy, did Montreal look good. Josh Anderson said it after the game. He said, we were the better team. We should have won that game. Does this one game change your outlook in the whole North Division? No, no. It's one game. No. Come on. Does it, does I, it for you? I think it does a little bit. Not a lot. Not a lot. It, the only thing it changes for me is it puts Montreal in the, in the competitor category. Like, I, I first had them as a maybe. We'll see how they gel. They looked really, really good. They have, a, they have a solid four lines who can get up and down the ice. Josh Anderson looked dangerous. Tatar looked really good. Suzuki looked awesome. really fast. He's Drew awesome. Ann missed a wide open net but got the assist. Good for him. Like, they looked really, really good. If Toronto doesn't get those two power play goals to end the second period, they're toast. Like, they lucked out, got the five-on-three, they scored a goal, and they scored again on the five-on-four. If that doesn't happen, they were lethargic, they were slow, they were losing three-to-one, Montreal was carrying the play, they got those two power plays, and they got them back in the game. Wayne Simmons had a good fight, jump-started the team. Jumbo talked about it. He said after that fight, everybody kind of, you know, turned around, got into the game. It was a huge momentum turn. That fight and the five-on-three, if those two things don't happen, Montreal wins this game 5-1. So it's, it's going to be interesting in this North Division because there's a lot of good teams. I think the only team you can count out right now, and we haven't seen them play, is Ottawa just because they're so young, they're so inexperienced. Every other team, the other six teams, have a legit shot in making the playoffs. It'll be fun. It's, it's hard to imagine that, like, it's just, it's just, it's one of the, maybe the hardest division to predict, right? Either that or the East, but like, how do you pick one of these teams out? Cause you know, you got to think that obviously Toronto is going to be there. I think Edmonton's going to be there, but maybe not. Calgary is probably going to be there. I love Vancouver, but then you also have um, Winnipeg who's strong. Yeah. Winnipeg. There's just so many good teams. There are, there are a lot of teams that's going to be competitive. And you mentioned Edmonton, they played last night against Vancouver. And you would think Edmonton would come out strong. They would kind of, you know, have a good showing. They're at home. They were terrible. Connor McDavid was almost non-existent. Their defense was atrocious. Their goaltending was awful. And Vancouver looked like a very, very, very strong team who you could maybe bank on to be a cup contender. Quinton Hughes looked really good. Bo Horvat looked really good. This young kid, Hoaglander. Apparently he tore it up in preseason. He looked really, really good. Brock Besser was burying it. They, they, again, just like the Montreal Canadiens, they looked like they had been playing together for 10, 15, 20 games. They looked really strong. Or was it that Edmonton just looked terrible? What did you think about this game? Did you catch any of it? Only the highlights of it. I was asleep by the time this game was on. I did see the sweet play that uh, Quinn Hughes made at the blue line where he just gave basically a little a little dog pile at the blue line. He kept the puck in and just fired a quick backhander out to Besser who scored his uh, first goal of the night. He scored two last night. By the way, Besser, that video, I made a video of you um, talking about how good looking he is with uh, yeah. Tyler Myers. It's kind of going viral again. Someone, someone caught it and it's just a lot of people talking about it again, just talking about how good, this, good looking this guy is. So I don't care. That's good. 
But anyways, we were, we were talking about defense and how the play has just, it's, it's taken a hit, you know, it's not what it used to be positionally, just everything all around Edmonton Oilers. One of their two of their problems last year, one secondary scoring, they did a little bit to shore that up. Not, not as much as I'd want them to and defense. They didn't do anything to shore up their defensemen. And last night it was glaring. And their so-called number one defenseman, Adam Larson, he got exposed on two plays where I'm, I'm just watching this. I'm just like, what is he doing? I had to go back and watch the replay and shake my head. The first goal, it's a two-on-two. And what do you do on a two-on-two, Tim? Oh, the defenseman? As, it, as any a forward, a defenseman, if you're playing defense and, you're, and you have a two-on-two, what are you supposed to do? Take your guy, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's right. You take your guy. I know it was a forward back checking. Matt Ka- or um, Cassian was back checking. What's his name? Adam Zach Cassian was back checking. Yeah. He had his guy in good position. He was side by side, if not a little bit in front of the Vancouver forward, about to angle him off from the board. For some reason, Larson comes over and and just decides to join the fray with him and Cassian and I think it was uh, Bo Horvat or it was um, Pearson. Pearson sees this, throws it in the middle, gives Bo Hor- Horvat a breakaway, and he scores for the first goal for Vancouver. Just stupid plays like that where it's like, what, what are you doing? We traded you for Taylor Hall. You're supposed to be our stud defenseman. You're supposed to shore up this blue line, and you make plays like this. Then he made another play later on in the game where he just got absolutely exposed and Edmonton scored – or uh, Vancouver scored again. It's just – it's mind-boggling. Then he scores a goal, saves his game. He gets a slap shot. He scores a goal, whatever. Everyone thinks he played great. He was atrocious. He was absolutely awful. If the Edmonton Oilers can't – rely on him to be a shutdown defenseman, they're going to have a long season. Darnell Nurse plays solid. Jones, Bear, Barry, and Kokuk, Kokuk, whatever his name is, those guys aren't defensive shutdown guys. They need Larson and Nurse to lock down the other team's first line and just make them non-existent. If they can't do that, Edmonton is just, they might as well mail it in. And Koskinen, train wreck. Absolutely garbage last night. It was (sighs) Edmonton. Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your own podcast at Blue Wire. You can be just like me. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Now, it might not get to drop in the gloves level. It might be better. I don't know. Now, here's your chance. As a part of the program, you receive a personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. So many tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. I don't even know what Stitcher is, but we will get your stuff pushed out there. And the best part is... It's only 15 bucks a month. We pay 15 bucks a month for, for Blue Wire to do this. So you're going to get the same deal as I do. It's unbelievable. So whether you're just starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to level up your sports experience. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash Blue Wire. Acceptance is limited. They're not just going to take everybody. So you got to have a good idea or a good podcast. So get in there. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. 
every person you add needs to fit just right. Just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster. Meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality short list fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through march 31st terms and conditions apply meanwhile taylor hall just scored his first goal as a buffalo saber first goal of the season it's it's the, the trades when that trade went down i just shook my head Oh my How God, often yeah. do you get a Taylor Hall in this league? It, it, they don't come by very often. And to trade him for Adam Larson, a ho-hum <laughs> defenseman, it's, it's mind-boggling that th- that GM and that owner did that. It, it honestly is It's just you have to give your head a shake because it still looks bad to this point. Taylor Hall, MVP, stud forward, puts up points on a regular basis. Anyways, let's just buzz through the other games. How, okay, speaking of – here's what I want to say. And I said it earlier in the show, you can tell the first week of the season, the first couple of days, you can tell which teams are good, you know, which teams are going to compete. You, you can't crown a Stanley Cup champion like the Avalanche looked terrible last night, but they're going to be good. You know, you could see flashes. You can tell when a team is going to struggle and you can tell when it is going to be a long year based on one game. You can. That team is the Chicago Blackhawks. They looked terrible and i'm not even over exaggerating it it was a clinic put on by tampa bay they should have had the shutout chicago's only goal was by dylan strom it went off his skate behind the net off a of tampa bay defenseman skate off of vasilevsky's stick off of vasilevsky's skate and into the net so it wasn't even a shot on goal and it was in the back of the net they looked terrible they generated no offense whatsoever and it's by no fault of the players. Stan Bowman said it before the, before the uh, season. He said, we just don't have the talent. We really don't. We're, we're going to be overmatched most nights, and we know we're going to try to put in a good effort. It's going to be a long season for Chicago. I would look for them, maybe them in Detroit, to be one or two next year in the draft. I don't know. It, Subban looked terrible in net. Mind you, he had a lot of you know, difficult shots, a lot of grade-A opportunities against Colin Murphy looked terrible. Duncan Keith looked just out of place. All their defensemen were just – it was just like a turnstile. And I, uh, it's hard for me to say this because I'm buddies with these guys. It, they didn't look very good. But is a game against the reigning cup champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, best team in the league, really a good barometer to measure yourself against? It's like, Absolutely. It's- Absolutely. When you look that bad versus an NHL team, it, it's, it's very, very glaring. And – I'm sure they will have better days ahead, but they are going to be nowhere near competitive in that division. And that's a bad division. Like they, they lucked out and they, they got into a division where they can keep it close in most games. 
they're going to be bad. So I feel bad for Chicago, but this, this is what happens when you, you know, we, we've said it a hundred times before you shoot your shot, you've won your Stanley cups. And now you're just kind of, you're paying the price. You're in that time. You have a Keith, you have a Seabrook, you have a Kane, you have a Taves. You traded sod for Zadorov, who just looked disinterested last night. It was a bad game for Chicago. I felt bad for them. It wasn't good. They lost 5 nothing. really. It wasn't even close. They got outscored. They got outhit. They got outplayed. They got out everything. So I don't know. It's going to be a long season for Chicago. I hate to say it. I really, really do. I don't know. Do you think Kaner still puts up the points? No, I don't. When I game plan the Chicago Blackhawks team, all I'm worried about is Patrick Kane. Who else scares you? But he did it last year, though. Even though, even though they were bad, they had a little bit. They had Doc. They had Taves. They had Sod. They had a few other people who could scare you a little bit, and who Kane could play with. Right now, who who else would you key on? Debrinket? Yeah, Kubelik. Kubelik. Who else? Like this is the, they have a this is their centerman, Carl Soderberg. Soderberg didn't even play. He didn't. No, they have like. Carpenter, Highmore, Yanmark, Camp, Kublik, Peary, Shaw, Strom, Suter, and Walmark. Oh, Strom's good, too. Strom is good. He's a solid player. Doesn't scare me if I'm the opposing coach. No. But, yeah, if, if your game plan is to try to get Dylan Strom to beat me, good luck. Good, you know, good luck. We'll see how it works out. I'm going to take away Patrick Kane, and you are going to be terrible. Like, you have no one else who can put up points, who can produce, who can make plays, who can put the puck in the net. That's all you have is Patrick Kane. The back end was just mediocre. DeHaan struggled. Boakvist looked he, – he looked okay. He was the only one who kind of looked okay. You know, he held his own. Subban, ugh. Their, their goaltending is going to just – unless one of those guys pulls it together, it's just going to be a mess the whole season. They're going to get the first overall pick next year. That's my prediction. Blackhawks? Number one overall. Boom. Lock it in. They've only played one game. I'm calling it right now, Tim. Worse than the Wings? Over the Wings. The Wings have better players in Chicago at this point. That's my prediction. Yikes. It's going to happen. All right. Let's just just wrap it up here. The Flyers looked like a Stanley Cup contender. They look strong. They're really good. They look. It was nice to see Patrick on the ice. What was he? Number one overall? Number two overall? A few years back? Yeah. He had been dealing with some kind of head issue, migraines. He hadn't played in like something silly 600-plus days. So he was back on the ice. He was producing. He was hitting. He was in the play. He scored a goal. He was dash two, but, you know, what are you going to do? They looked really good. Konechny looked good. Farabee looked good. This young left winger, he was buzzing Ooh, up and down yeah. the ice. He looked Four unreal. points. Are you kidding me? Four points. So I like the way they looked. Their defense was solid. Hard played very, very good. Pittsburgh looked good. They didn't look that good. What do you think about Eric Gustafson? Well, you got two apples. You know, yeah. he's one of those guys. He's one of those defensemen who you need on your team. He's going to just get you five, six. He's going to play 12 to 15 minutes. You, you can't bank on him for scoring any points, but if he gets two assists, it, it's, a good, it's a good thing. But two years ago, he had 17 goals and 60 assists. No. For Chicago, Yes. Really? Yes. He had 77 points. No, no, 17 goals and six, oh, sorry, and 60 points total. Okay, okay. So yeah. he's still 43 assists. Yep. Wow, that's yep. incredible. 
18 power play points. Okay, well, that maybe accounts for a lot of things, but still. <laughs> you should see the rest of his stats. Oh the, my are God. they all around 20 points? It's 14, 16, 60, 26. <laughs> he must have hit lightning in a bottle. Maybe he was on steroids. I don't know. One of these things is not like the other. Maybe it was his contract year. Players tend to step up their game when they know there's Doherty me on the line. Yeah. You know, I think teams need guys like this. The Zach Bogosians, the Robert Bortuzos, the Eric Gustafsons, guys like that who can mix it up, make the other team nervous a little bit, log the, you know, the average minutes, play the penalty kill. Teams need guys like that. They're the glue of a team. You can't just throw your top guys every single shift and rely on them. You need a solid 5-6 so you can, you know, throw in the D zone for a little bit. Let them muck them up. You don't want your top guys, your Quentin Hughes, your John Carlson's playing against the other team's third and fourth line. That's how you get hurt. So I like it. It's a good position. He's in a good spot. Philly's got a good team. They really, really do. I think they solidified their status in that division. They're, they're Well, them and the Rangers, I feel, are going to be one, two in that division. I like. The Rangers are like Philly. so Yeah, the Rangers aren't looking too good right now, though. It's the first game. You, what you can do, you can't count a good team out in the first game. You can count a mediocre team out, out for the season in the first game. That's my reasoning. Chicago yeah, is a mediocre team. They're garbage. They have no prospects. They're going to be done. New York has prospects. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. I know they're losing right now. What are they down? Three rip to the yeah. Islanders. They'll figure it out. It's still early. It's only the end of the first period. Give him some time, Tim. Bruins are up one nothing at the end of one. Marshawn's got one. Touch on the last game because these are two Stanley Cup contenders coming out of the Scotiabank division. Honda? I think it's the Honda. The Honda division, the Blues and the Avalanche. Boy, oh boy, did the Avalanche look terrible. And terrible is a strong word. I know. It's just one of those words. I got in trouble a few years ago. I called P.K. Subban garbage, and it blew up. And everyone's like, you're racist. You can't call him garbage. I'm like, why? He's a piece of garbage. That's what I call him, a piece of garbage. And everybody lost their mind. I like got calls from all these Montreal media calling me racist and stuff. Like, give me a break. Where where were you? Where did you say it? Like what show? Like I, a I just did it in an interview after a game. Oh, as a player? As as a player. That was probably four oh. or five years ago. Or it might have been just after I retired. It, it like caught, you know, some traction. And like John Scott calls PK Subban a piece of garbage or a piece of trash. And I got all these people calling me. I'm like, did you call him this? I was like, yeah. So what? <laughs> He's a piece of garbage. I don't care. Oh, you're racist. You can't call him that. I'm like, why? He's a piece of garbage. Anyway, he broke up with Lizzie Vaughn. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, major news. Major news. It's old news. She now, date though. Tiger Woods. Yep. She's just running through the athletes, isn't she? She is. She's one after the other. Who's next for her? Maybe you, Tim. Time for a podcaster. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe you just uh, pass on her. Say no. Yeah, hard pass. Maybe she uh, listens to the show. I know. I know she does. Maybe uh, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers. Seems like he's crazy enough, right? That could be a nice, nice reality show. I like Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I think he's a cool guy. Have you ever met him? Never. Never even seen him in real life. If he's funny on those commercials. <laughs> discount double check those are those are the best commercials going right now on tv love it and it's tough because i don't have a tv did you know that <laughs> yeah you talk about it all the time i mentioned it maybe once and once in a blue moon i don't know every, why i say that every episode i think all right so the st louis blues they look strong they got a goal from kyle clifford love that 
They just dominated the play. Like I said, the only dangerous player for Colorado, I thought, was Burakovsky. He looked good. I like him. Down the ice. Yeah. I like his number, number 95. I think that's you, a nice number. You see the jerseys they wore last night, the unis? I like them. They're cool. I like the blue helmets. I like them. It was an overall good look. The last thing I want to talk about, what did you think about the ads on the helmets? I didn't really. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. Yeah, I, don't, no, I, I didn't mind them at, at all. It d- didn't really didn't stick out at all. Uh, I don't know. I'm over it. I think it's fine. If they, if they want to make some money with ads in the helmet, go for it. What else, Tim? What do you got? Uh, no, this is really it. This is really it. I'm looking forward to watching more games tonight and obviously checking my fantasy team. So that's the that's the big stuff right now. I got two fantasy leagues, and I'm losing in both my matchups so far. What did you think about the 27 positive COVID tests and 17 of those were on the Dallas Stars? Do you think the Dallas Stars will get fined or suspended or something? Because I know they got to have protocols where they got to wear masks in the locker room. They probably got to do this and that. That's a lot of guys to get tested positive. Like they must have been literally hanging out in the sauna, breathing on each other to get 17 guys to test positive. What about the showers though? Like what's the protocol there? Well, I just think you keep your distance and if, I don't know. Do every other or something? Because some team, like, I've been on teams where they have, like, 20 shower heads, and you're in there with the whole team. Yeah. But it's not like you're breathing heavy in the shower. Well, hopefully you're not. But, <laughs> like, if, if you're in the sauna, you know, you're breathing, you're in this, and now you're working. <laughs> Easy, Tim. What are you doing over there? <laughs> but 17 guys to test positive. That's a lot of COVID. Like yeah. that's a lot. What are, are they going to cancel the first two weeks of the season for them? I don't know how. Like even if you include your taxi squad, they still can't ice a team. Yeah, and if you're one of the, like the five who didn't test positive, it's got to be so frustrating, right? It's like I did everything right, now I can't play hockey. Well, it's almost like the chicken pox. It's like, come on, all right, I'm just going to go get it because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get it eventually. Like it just might as well get it over with. The whole Dallas Stars is immune now; they can play anybody. They're they're just like Iron Man. They're just they can't be can't be sick anymore. I don't know. I just thought that was funny, but it's good to have hockey back. It's good to have something to talk about. It's good to see the boys on the ice. It's going to be a sprint, man. Like it really is because I turn around. It's like, Oh wow. Vancouver Edmonton are lined up for a game tomorrow. Back to backs. I love it. We'll see if there's any more animosity, some fights. I didn't see many scrubs scrums day one. There wasn't much kind of face wash and this and that and trash talk. They kept it pretty cordial, which I don't like to see. I like to see a little bit of the emotions come out, but hopefully we can get that down the line and we'll, we'll get some tilts. Cause I, I honestly think the more fights, the better we had five games. We had one fight. I don't like that. I want to see five games, three fights. I like the fights, Tim. I think you know it'll that. pick up, but you got to give time for the animosity to build. This is the first game of the season. If people are feeling each other out when they're playing each other, the fifth, sixth time, that's where, that's where that stuff comes out. I bet who on Boston is going to fight now. Kevin Miller. They got Trent, Fre- Trent Frederick, who's a rookie, who, who can throw him a little bit. Um, but they don't have any big boys, really. It, they lost um, Char. He was their last big guy, but he's sold. Nick Ritchie can throw, but he's a. He- is he on their team still? Yeah. Oh, is he a big boy? Ooh, he is, so he is a heavy, heavy guy. He's so bad. He's fat. I know. Phat though, right? Am I right? <laughs> is Tuka yeah. playing tonight? I got him on my fantasy team. He is. Yeah. I traded him for Tristan Jari, and Tristan Jari got lit up for five goals last night, maybe even six. His save percentage was like 780. Woof. Not good for Tristan Jari. Pittsburgh's going to struggle. They're not making the playoffs this year. Um, Chicago's not making the playoffs this year. 
it's going to, you know what? I think things are going to get sorted out pretty quick playoff wise. And then there'll be a few tight races, but yeah, well, I'm, I'm not calling anything right now, but I am calling Chicago's getting the first overall pick. You can bank on it. All right. Yeah. You should put, you know how that. you can bet. Yeah. Put some money on Vegas right now. Put $10 for Chicago to have a first overall pick. And then I will split the winnings with you. Done. Banking it. Put it in the bank. Put it in the John Scott bank. All right, everybody. You got anything else, Tim? No, no. This is good. I got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a cocktail. I don't usually have a cocktail at night. I'm going to do it tonight. I deserve it. What are you going to make? I don't know. A beer. That's what I call my cocktail. <laughs> co- I'm not a big booze guy unless I like go out. Maybe I'll have a cocktail. I'm not good at mixing stuff. I'm real, I don't like having that stuff on hand all the time. It's, it seems like a lot of work. No, just a simple gin and tonic. It's delicious. All you need. Just keep it as well. Yeah, if, if you have it. Lime. You don't need it, though. See what I mean? It's like I go to these houses and people are mixing these drinks. So I call this one the airplane. And I'm like, what is in that? Oh, some vermouth, some bitters, some um, cherry stuff, some this, some that. We get our cherries from, you know, San Diego. They're the best. I'm like, why? How, who has time for this? I know. Who is, like, like, I, just give me like five, six beers. Some, this one, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. not, you know, belligerent. I'm just happy. You know, feel good. That's my wheelhouse right there. You get me to 10, 12, then, you know, things get a little sloppy. Not really sloppy, just a little bit. Anyways, I don't know why we're talking about this. Yeah. Okay. It's time to go. I hope everybody has a good weekend. You know, stay safe. Go out there. Just, you know, enjoy yourself. Bye, Tim. What are you doing this weekend? Um, dog sitting, like I said. Oh, we're going to watch the game on Saturday. I'm going to Tim's house. We're going to watch the game. We're going to watch the Bills demolish the Baltimore Baltimore Ra- let's do football picks too you want to do that yeah Rams I, Packers who do you got Packers well that's it that's an obvious one Bills versus the Ravens who do you got Bills Chiefs Browns who do you got Chiefs all right what's the last one who's the last NFL Seahawks game? right no they lost to the Rams oh and it's going to be who beat the Titans? That oh, was the Ravens. It's it's Bucks. Um, oh, Saints. Bucks. Saints. Saints. Who do you got? Ooh, I'm gonna say Bucks. I'm gonna go Saints. So we agree on everything but the last one. I think the Saints are gonna win. Make it a trifecta. When is that game? Do you know? I think that's a Sunday game. Okay. Not sure of the time, but I'll be at your house at 8 p.m. on Saturday night, and it's gonna be great. I might even bring Danielle. Have a little date night. You can be involved. It'll be great. It'll be <laughs> okay. Great. All right, great. everybody. I wish we could invite everybody. How great would that be? Dropping the gloves football watch party. It'd be so fun, but we can't. Unless you're in Traverse City. If you're in Traverse City, message Tim if you have his phone number because I gave it out on a previous episode. I've been getting more texts again lately. People just have stuff they want to say. Really? Yeah. Any critiques? Anybody like, come on, fellas. Let's let's pick no. it up. I, I notice you're you're stinking it up. I did we we got a a, a not stellar review last week. What did see? Three what stars. The guy basically said that, uh, I assume it was a guy, just said, Tim always picks the obvious teams, never makes any bold picks or something like that. Obviously, he didn't stick around for the bold predictions episode because I threw some stuff way out there. But, um, yeah, apparently that oh. he didn't like that. You got uh, us a three-star review? I didn't even sleep that night. I was just like, all right, well. Tossing Well, if you're still listening, my friend, I will change that because I'll make changes. Tim, you'll be gone. Pick your game up, Tim. I'm telling you, B, don't be don't be complacent. This isn't like the Florida Panthers, or it is like the Florida Panthers. You know what? We're gonna have to restructure. 
just teasing. You're around for every team. All right, everybody. I hope you have a good, you know what, because of that bad review, if everyone can go to our review page and just give us a five star and say, Tim, you're the man boost his eagle. He needs it. He's like a sad puppy dog right now. How do they go give us a review, Tim? Go to my website or go to the um, Apple? Yeah, go to Apple, wherever you leave a review. And it helps us in the rankings too, so that's great. We want to be number one, so give us a five-star so we can blow those chiclet boys out of the water. Me and Biz have a running competition, so we got we to gotta get them on that one. Anyways, for the fifth time, I'm going to yeah. say cheers, everybody. Good night. We'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.